Upsflyer presents Winning in the Nordics with Anneli Nash. Welcome to Winning in the Nordics. I'm your host, Anneli Nash, and I'll meet some of the most interesting marketers, investors, and app developers across the region to learn from their success stories. I'm the founder of AIM4, your partner for digital marketing and growth, and this podcast is a collaboration with Appsflyer. Appsflyer provides mobile marketers with the technology they need to grow their apps and create exceptional user experiences. So, I'm here today with Jaje Arana from Preglife. She's the head of content and premium. And for those of you who haven't heard about Preglife, it's uh, one of the biggest app in the Nordics. They have a 90% market share towards pregnant women and their partners. And they are on 10 markets globally, if I'm not incorrect. And Jaje here, she, as I said, is the head of content and premium. And she's been working 12 years within uh, the content space, first in the health sector and now recently in the more fast-paced growing startup uh, scene uh, previously at Life. And then now at uh, Prague Life. So great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, did I miss anything in that introduction? Anything you want to add? Um, we have 90% market share in Sweden only, not mm. in the whole, all of our markets. And we actually have 11 markets where we in. Nice. Uh, wow. But yeah. How, how big is your market share in like Norway and Finland and Denmark? I need to check those numbers. I don't <laughs> okay. have that in my mind right now. <laughs> cool. But th- then let's uh, jump into what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about content. And um, I think the first thing that uh, strikes me is that you have all your content in an app and like from what I'm used to I'm used to working with content that is available on Google so how does that work? Yeah uh, our target group which are pregnant women and uh, uh, families right uh, they are always like bombarded with so much information all around they they have Google they have their parents that already had kids they have friends that already had kids they have information on everywhere they go so um, we believe that it's very hard for a parent or for a parent to be to to define like what which information I should trust what is the best way to do things because there are many ways to do a bunch of different things right so uh, our goal as on, with Bright Life is to make sure that they get all the information they need when they need it right and made by the experts made by people that they can trust so that's about it like uh, that's what we feel that is our biggest USP in our product. Yeah, I can really imagine because a lot of times when you're new to something and especially as a first time parent, I can imagine this, you don't even know what questions to ask. Exactly, exactly. You don't know what what, what questions to ask. You don't know which which uh, which answers to believe. We don't know, like you have to read a lot. That's b- before, right? People would rely a lot in books. They would be pregnant and they would read like five, 10 books while during the pregnancy. Now we are just making sure that we get all this information in, uh, in an e- easier digestible way that can just help them to trust what is happening to them, understand what is happening to them, understand the possibilities they have to improve whatever they have to, if they want to, and um, yeah, and succeed as much as they can, right? Because pregnancy is also a period where you have a lot of like uh, pressure, right? In doing well and you want the best for your baby. So I feel that also this is is important thing that we, we have in mind to make sure that we don't 
add more pressure. We don't add more stress to this period that's already very stressful to our users. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. So one of the things I'm thinking about this, due to the fact that you have all this, this content, and I do really, when you're explaining this, I really understand the benefits of having it in the app, but especially in new markets where they might maybe haven't found your app, like how are you using content as part of your acquisition strategy or like how do users find you in those markets where you're new? Yeah, of course, like uh, having, uh, we already pretty big in many of the markets that we are in, right? So we already have our name and we have our brand. So it's kind of easy to just get, it goes mouth to mouth and people just uh, keep downloading us. But uh, normally in the new markets, it's uh, we uh, invest in, yeah, in acquisition, right? Marketing, we do ads on social media, but also, uh, of course, um, I don't want to give too much of our strategy here, but it's important to see the difference between like content marketing, right? And re- like in content, the content that we are doing in the app. So um, yeah, when we like working with SEO, working with with content written to reach out to people so they can just dive in and learn more with us. This definitely is part of a, a regular <laughs> work week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. I, I want to come back to that because we are going to talk a bit about the different types of content. And I, um, I'm going to come back to a question about that. But what is really the difference for you in the production part of it uh, when you're creating uh, content for an app compared to Google or a search engine? Yeah, for the app, for example, we already know that people are interested, right? Like we already know that they want to get the information there, so we don't need to sell it to them. So the way that we write, uh, it's more like based on our tone of voice, the 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 way we write our articles or produce our content, it's towards like, okay, they know they came here because they know they will learn something well good with us. Well, when you're doing like a content marketing for Google so they can find us, we have to have in mind uh, all the keywords. Maybe you can be a little bit like clickbaity here and there to catch people's attention. We need to try and uh, make sure that we get uh, the the proper keywords, right? Per per market, of course. Yeah, it's, it's it's more like we're trying to sell, while in the app we're not trying to sell. We're just being plain and like straight to the point and just giving the information that our user need. Because in app, our goal is uh, user experience, and we want them to stay. We want them to come back always, right? That's the the point. So we don't want to be selly. We don't want to be too much in there. In their faces, basically. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. An interesting uh, way. It feels almost that it would be easier to create content for an app than for Google sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because you can go, <laughs> you can just really like put your heart out and like like do what you like. Right? We have our experts. We have our midwife. We have um, a, a team of midwives in all of our markets. Uh, we have uh, experts in like uh, gynecologists and pediatricians and nurses. We have all of these people that works with us into creating this content. So they don't really need to know much of marketing to be able to do this. They can just go there and write about what they are best of, what is their expertise, right? And um, and yeah, that's basically how it goes. It gets a little bit easier, definitely. Yeah, I like that. I, I think you will be getting a lot of application after this to join your team. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> We're always looking for great talents. Awesome. So Preg Life is a free app. 
um, but there is, of course, a lot of competition. I mean, uh, as you were saying, like this um, audience, the target group, they are very much seeking information, trying to figure out what to do. So, like, how do you how do you make money in that scene where there is so much competition? Yeah, since we are the the oldest ones, right? We are here for such a long time. We still, and we are also in many different and markets. Uh, I think that's how we stand up, right? stand out uh, from the competition. Uh, our competitors, they're mostly like in Sweden or mostly in Norway or mostly, you know, like they're very localized. So while we uh, have this more like European uh, point of view, so we have information and insights and, and everything from all of these different countries, which make our product much more valuable because you can see yeah you have different experiences right so you have a bigger picture eye here we make money uh, because we have a lot of users right and our goal is to get more and more and more we do have um, many different revenue streams that comes that we work on that maybe i shouldn't go very in detail about it but uh yeah i guess we are very diversified and we are always trying to find a different way to uh, help our users and also grow our business. Yeah. It feels like a very honest way still to make uh, money on it uh, because um, from what I've seen, you've grown with uh, profit most years, at least in, yes. in your in your history. And uh, due to the fact that it is free to use the app and, and uh, then you really have to have good offers uh, because if you don't have good offers, then advertisers won't come back and exactly. and so forth. So it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense. But in the summer, you're launching something new to uh, increase the amount of revenue streams that you have. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yes, we're doing um, we're launching Momfulness, which is a wellness program for the pregnant women that are in for our users. So basically, it will contain meditation. Uh, meditation program, workout program, so they can stay um, uh, keep healthy during the during pregnancy and uh, know their bodies after pregnancy. Like try, uh, work into getting back to the, their former bodies, which is a very like sensitive period to uh, every woman that just gave birth. Uh, we'll also have like uh, videos on how to prehab and rehab because uh, normally in the third trimester pregnancy you have a lot of back pains and pelvic pain so we'll do all of this all these programs to help these women to have a better pregnancy and recovery nice that sounds um I haven't uh, given birth myself, but from what I heard, it sounds very useful. But this is a bit different from what you have done before. Like, how did you decide to uh, start creating this type of content and this type of offering? Like, what's the story behind uh, this shift? Yeah, as I said, we have uh, many different um, revenue streams at PregLife. And I realized that some of the ones that we had were a little bit hard to scale. So we decided to create a new one. And that's when uh, meditation came last last summer. And then I got hired to develop this program. We decided that we, of course, we did user interviews. We did uh, user research to know what it is that they really need, what it is that is very important for our users. And that's how we came with meditation and with uh, the workout programs. So we hired this amazing person, a professional called Benita Johnson. She's a physiotherapist. She's a personal trainer and she's specialized in pregnant uh, women and 
people that are on their postpartum period. It makes a lot of sense from like um, diversifying and then from making it scalable. But like, isn't there even more competition in in this area? I mean, there are so many meditation apps and there are so many health and fitness apps. Like, how are you going to stand out? Yes, yeah, there, actually there is. But uh, in our research, we also seen that uh, they are not very specialized in this period, right? Or if they are, if they are, because there are apps for pregnant uh, pregnancy workouts, for example, but they are only in English, for example. They're not localized for each of our markets. So uh, that's where we saw uh, an opportunity and we are uh, working towards that. And of course, uh, you always have to do things like we are doing an MVP now, right? So we'll do it, we'll test it out and we'll see how it goes and we'll develop from there. Like that's how normally tech startups uh, move. Uh, we try and do things quick, spend not so much Test it out, see how it goes. If it goes well, then you invest more money and you invest more time and you and that's how we develop everything. Yeah, but that kind of gets me thinking. Uh, I mean, you did launch the meditation uh, part of the program uh, last summer. Yes. So the fact that you're doing this must mean that that actually went really well. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, yes, yeah. definitely. It's, it, it, is, uh, it shows, right? Like once we do a small test, it shows us that... Uh, uh, something is working well and makes us to go for the next step, definitely. Yeah, okay. But how do you decide? Because now when you're um, launching this premium offer, like how will you decide what will be free and what will be paid and so forth? Like how are you going to work with that? Yeah, we don't want to remove anything that our users already have for free. Like everything that is for free, we want to keep being for free. Uh, but one of the things that helps us uh, decide on this is the complexity of the production, right? So as much money as you need to produce something, the most time that is necessary to produce something, that probably will be better if it goes to the premium program. But it's not always like that, right? Uh, I think each case is a different case and we can always evaluate depending on the type of, of content. But uh, with the premium, uh, we believe that people already pay for workout apps. People already pay for this type of content everywhere else. So it's it makes sense for us to put that behind a paywall and test it out. Yeah. And how will you measure success and how fast do you expect to see it then? Well, we are starting to build an LTV model now and uh, we, will, uh, we will measure this by, of course, return of investment. We expect to see some uh, results from this in maybe a year from now. Okay, and when you say results in a year, do you actually think that it will be f- profitable, like uh, break even on this project? Or is it more that you're actually expecting it to be that long until you actually make any money on it? I expect that we at least break even, like we at least pay <laughs> our our investment. But actually in our uh, plan, we expect to make profit, right? But personally, I will be happy if we manage to, in six months, get the the investment back at least. And that will actually give us some insight that if we did get our investment back, it means that we can keep working on it and we can keep uh, developing on it. Yeah, nice. So when you decide on a pricing model, because these discussions I've actually have been part of a few times, there's always this like, should we uh, charge more because we're expecting fewer users? So like... uh, a higher price with uh, fewer people can 
be as much money as a lower price with a lot of uh, users paying for it? Like, how have you thought about when deciding on uh, pricing points and uh, how many percent of the app users that will go on the premium version and so forth? Yes. So um, this this uh, discussion was pretty long and we had many different points of, of view there, but uh, we decided to start with a pricing just for uh, just as a start, and then we will test. We have this this uh, tool called Revenue Cat that will help us doing many tests, doing A/B tests, doing different pricing in different countries. Because normally in iOS, it's a little bit complicated how this this whole system works. You have like tiers, and you you're kind of stuck to some pricing. But uh, we have decided that we wanna we wanna charge enough that people will be able to pay for it in most of our markets, which the Nordics people normally have uh, the money to spend in subscriptions, right? And we are trying to keep them the price around how much they would pay in similar apps. So if you are in a in a workout app that you normally pay, but uh, you know that you might not be able to do all of the exercises because you're pregnant, you might close that off for now and go for us because we have a program made for pregnancy and so then you'll just exchanging one for the other. So we believe that it will be easier for the user to make that decision, for example. Yeah, I can see that. Nice. And then, um, because I, I think that there will come other kind of parts when you start charging like that. this. Maybe you have um, seen it already with the meditation app that there are maybe more support cases and stuff. Like when you're paying for something, you kind of have a bit of another uh, expectancy of the company's behind the app so if i'm paying for an app i might uh, contact support more often and ask for something like that yeah yeah definitely like right now our app stores uh, like ratings are 4.85 in some markets right so because it's a free app but we do believe that as soon as we put a premium subscription and people start paying our our number will drop and we'll in our cases on cs will go up definitely because if people are paying of course they get more passionate about uh, what is what they're getting which is completely right uh, but yeah we expect that it will increase our cs cases and we'll have to uh, work more in that front too yeah but you already have an organization build up for that or is that something you're also gonna test out yeah this this is like right now we have one cs person right that works part-time and we are willing to uh, increase the hours of her work if necessary but i think we'll we'll do it as it comes uh, it's hard to prepare for that uh, so much in advance yeah i can imagine will you uh, that is actually an interesting question will you launch it to everybody at the same time or are you planning to launch it to some people first yes good question actually we're going to launch first uh, in the english markets that we have uh, because that's the base content we're doing and then we're going to localize to sweden and norway nice I like that. So we've been uh, touching a bit about like how you measure and your KPIs and stuff. Uh, and I know actually from before that you're working with OKR. So can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, we have our um, semester OKRs. So we have uh, our company, we have like some main KPIs for the whole company. Uh, and we also have um, KPIs per team. And uh, we need, we have a weekly OKR meeting where we report on all our, on those KPIs and uh, we focus and the OKRs are there to help us prioritize because when you're working in a tech uh, company, there's always so many ideas. There's always so many things that you could do that is hard to focus if we don't have something like that to guide us. Yeah. And especially then you and your work, like with content, like 
what are the KPIs you are normally tracking and like how do you decide what to prioritize? So uh, this time we decided to do a little bit different. We have company KPIs, which is like uh, weekly active users, monthly active users, uh, seven-day retention and uh, number of sessions, sessions length and so on, uh, because that's how what we want the uh, to increase company-wise. But then content-wise in our team, we have increase on, I don't know if you know our app very well, but we have widgets. So every feed we have a widget and there is content widget there are, there are uh, two widgets there are, there are different things so we one of our OKRs for example is to increase the CTR on those widgets for example in baby and in the pregnancy part yeah that makes sense and uh, in this project with the premium uh, is that is that a widget as well or like how will that work uh, yeah uh, premium is one of our OKRs definitely increase like the number of paid subscriptions yes Yeah, and so what, the strategy behind adding this other type of premium content, is that like part of the meditation, like increasing that, that you see that you will need different kind of content to build on that? Or is it just that you see more opportunities there? Yeah, no, we believe that uh, mindfulness will be the whole premium uh, experience, right? Uh, we'll have meditation, you'll have workouts, you'll have prehab and rehab exercises, you have tutorials and explanatory videos. So it's the whole experience that we think that is going to be like interesting enough to to get people to pay and to use our our app. And of course, uh, the the premium will be placed in the feeds, right? Like it's like a whole experience. Oh, I like <laughs> the experience word is always good. Right. Okay, but now you've actually introduced us to three different types of content as I see it. We have the um content marketing content, we have the in-app content and then we have the premium content. And and you've been touching a bit on how you create the different types and so but how will you prioritize? Will you have different teams? Will everybody work with the same thing? Like how will you decide what to do when and because there is a lot of content and we also have the translation part of it. Yes. Um Right now, in my position, I used to do that in life some, right? The content marketing part. But in my position right now, I'm not very involved in that content marketing. So we can save that to the side. Uh, but then uh, in my team, we are we are focused on editorial content for the app, which is the free uh, content. And we have the premium content. Um, the editorial content, we already have so much of it. We already developed so much. We already have many partners that are working with us, right? Uh, so right now we're trying to focus more into the premium. We're giving it a try and see how that goes. But yeah, we have to to juggle both here and there. And sometimes we put more priority into this and then sometimes into that. And we'll see, uh, we base everything into data, right? We always see what is working, what is not working, what we should put our effort in and what we should should drop. And uh, I love this uh, mindset, like, sure, we put a lot of time in it, but if it's not working, it's not worth it. Let's just drop it. Let's start something new. And how, which, what we start new, how we start new, what is the next step? Then we look into the data. We have an insights manager in our company that does an amazing job into trying to help us in, in helping us to figure it out what's that. Yeah, that that's nice. So uh, can you talk a bit about how your team is actually set up? Like what kind of roles do you have? How many are you? Like how did you decide what uh, what resources you kind of need around you to do this? Yes, uh, we work in the team. We have two content manager juniors. Junior, uh, We have a midwife. Um, they, that they are, and we have a couple of interns, um, but uh, most of our team is um, freelancers. 
So uh, we hire them based on each project, right? So if we're doing premium content, we have, I don't know, six people we hired to create this content. Of course, they have their roles and they appear here and then they drop off here and there and we keep going this way. But uh, uh, since we're doing single projects and we're trying things quick, fast, right? We rather hire the people that are specific for that situation. And then if it develops to something, then we can have like a more permanent position for it. But uh, yeah, uh, our Mintra is our content manager junior and Luana too. Both of them, they are like, we can live without them basically. Oh, that's nice. It's really nice. And I, I like this working with uh, freelancers and stuff. Uh, I'm also thinking that, you know, you have the writing, um, the written content, you have the images, the videos, the sound, like there is so many types of contents now. Do you do freelancers for all of that or do you have other internal uh, resources somewhere? It depends. Uh, but uh, for, for photographs, for example, we buy them. Like we hire fo- like the pregnancy birth photographers and we buy pictures from them um, for designs, depending what, which type of project. But we do have uh, uh, some resources in-house. Luana, for example, she's a content manager, so she designs things for, her, for us here and there. She also edits videos. She also animates a bit. So it's nice to have for us, since we do not have a huge team, it's nice to have people that can do many things right? So we can diversify and we can try things. And then as soon as we get results, then we go, okay, this works well. So let's get a freelancer to do this very, very nice. Yeah. I would imagine when you're working with many freelancers and people come and go that you have like very good uh, foundations for your stuff, like a graphic profile that everybody knows how to use, like how photos should be taken with, I'm not a photographer, so lighting (laughs) settings and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, maybe tonality for written style guides and stuff like that. Is that something that you put a lot of time into? Uh, This is what we're putting a lot of time into. Uh, Since I started uh, in May last year, we are uh, rebranding. So for what we already have, we are not putting that much effort because we knew that we are going to rebrand. So we're kind of loose with our brand at this point. We do have all of these guidelines, but we're, we're allowing ourselves to try and test different things at this point. But in before summer too, we're going to release our new brand. And yes, we have a whole, uh, a lot of guidelines around everything. Our tone of voice is one of the most important things that we we, we praise here. Um, yeah, like visually, the app's going to have a new face. It's going to be amazing. I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's nice. So, so can we talk a bit about branding versus data here? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's um, when I'm hearing you speak, you speak a lot about when we see these results, we do this and that and so forth. Uh, and my experience sometimes when you get into uh, more of the, uh, it f- feels sometimes that it's two worlds. We have the branding people who are like, we need to build this brand and it's going to be amazing and the brand will set everything. And then there is more of the data people that are like, no, let's just test everything. And then we we decide on, on the, what to do based on what the results say and I've seen success in both cases but I've rarely seen success in the collaboration of these two so what are your thoughts there especially now in this rebrand situation yeah I think it's hard to com- to combine them right because normally who creates a brand they're very creative people and they don't really care for the data part right no it's going to be amazing I have a feeling and yeah but I think in our case, it kind of worked because we have many years of data behind us, right? We know what, like, not not data, actual numbers, but like we have a lot of information about our users and a lot of information about our brand. So it was, it was kind of not easy, but it was 
not so hard to define what is the next step of brand life brand wise right because we have all this information so i think maybe this way can work when it's not like when it's just like historical data that you can have and you can use towards improving something you already have i think maybe that works i don't know if that answers your question it actually does uh, would you even put it as far as to give the advice to first use data and then put the brand uh i don't know because if you're such a a brand new a brand new brand right you do need to come in strong too because i feel that nowadays um having a weak visuals weak visuals weak brand does not stand out and people don't even go and try and check you out right so i think it's like that's that that uh, question who came first the chicken or the egg right yeah so i think you kind of have to try and use both in yeah. some sort of way that works well for you yeah basically we need to make that collaboration happen you do you do yeah and uh, cool so uh we've been through most of the talking points that we were gonna discuss is there anything like we missed or that you want to share i mean your role is a very important one and i, I would say that many uh, people aim to have a role like you in the future so anything you want to share out of your experience oh um maybe for i really i really enjoy what i do and i really enjoy working at preg life i think we have uh like i love working in uh, this smaller environment right that everything you do impacts uh, the company in some way i think uh, maybe if someone is aiming to get this position in the future i uh, my advice is to get to learn as much as you can, like become a generalist because that's what I am. I can edit, I can illustrate, I can design, I can um, animate, I can write, I can do everything, but I'm not an expert in any of it. I just know how the process goes and I could do if I if I didn't have an expert around me, right? So I think this really gives a very good, like um, broad uh, uh, perspective on, on the whole on the whole area and that will help to get a position like that. and to um yeah guide people doing all of these amazing things in content yeah and i can i can really uh, understand that especially since you have tried all of it kind of to build on that i think one of the struggles a lot of people have is within their production because um today there is so many uh, types of contents and formats and i mean we talked about three different types here that i haven't hadn't even thought about before i'm more thinking facebook and linkedin and there is Uh, ads and there's print and there is uh, podcast and there is so many different um, things to produce like uh, based on your experience and like the fact that you have done a lot of it like how do you, would you set up a good production uh, when you're in this uh, varied environment i think that many times people that do not work with production they overdo it they over yeah uh, they um spend too much money into hiring an agency to do something that could be much easier. So I think the first thing is for you, for your, for your business. Okay. Where, where my, my, my users are. Okay. They're here. So focus, do one channel at a time, for example, right? If it's it Instagram or is it LinkedIn? Okay. Do that. Try different things there, try and grow there. And then you expand. Sometimes people want to be everywhere in all of the places and they want to hire a whole agency to do amazing videos and amazing content but that's very expensive and you might not get the 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 impact that you're looking for right so so yes think smaller first and build up on to it that's what i would do sounds like a great advice so speaking about production then 
one of the things that I find many times, um, especially with uh, companies that aren't that used to uh, creating content, is that they focus so much on what to put out instead of like where the user is, what they are searching for and so forth. How do you work with that? Yeah, I think it's a very uh, common mistake for you to do things because they are best practices, right? You probably go on Google and say, where should I be? And then, oh yeah, you should have all of this, should be in all of these social channels and you should be doing all of this and you should be doing all of that. And that's not every time the case, right? Like you need to understand where your, your users are, where your target group is. Uh, and um, as I said before, focus on one thing at a time. Where is the, the biggest place that I can find these people? Okay, that's here. So I'm going to uh, build a strategy around this and then I'm going to start small and with a smaller budget and I'm going to try test those things little by little and I'm going to start uh, building up on uh, to that. So, yeah, I feel that uh, many times we make this mistake of just wanting to be everywhere and just wanting to to be and wanting to put out amazing content out, uh, which is great, but is not always the most uh, cost-effective decision that we could have. I also, um, or actually before I ask that question, I'm going to say, like, how do you decide when something is worth continue doing or even starting doing? Like, do you have some examples of something you started that you believed in, that you quit for some reason or were something you didn't do because uh, what you saw in data or? For example, uh, we worked, I worked many years at LifeSum, right? And when I just started there, we weren't that many and we didn't have that big budget, right? We, we built on throughout the years until we got to the point that we did have the budget to do these cool things, right? But we've always been very like uh, conscious about how we spend that money. And uh, we know that we knew I was there in the marketing team. So I wasn't working so much in product at LifeSum. But um, uh, we would start with, okay, uh, social media uh, advertising. How do we do this? Okay, we cannot do a branding uh, we cannot do a branding campaign because we don't have the money for that. We need to get people to just download the app. That's our focus. So we're going to do performance campaigns. We're going to try many different creatives. All right, what is the, the cheapest way of doing that? It needs to be designed. We have designers in-house and we're going to do still still uh, ads for that. And the performance team would uh, decide which uh, creatives were the best performing and they will keep investing like investing money right marketing money into promoting those those ads and uh, they would uh, drop the ones that are not uh, giving enough uh, downloads and okay and then the next step was oh actually videos can work very well how can we do a video that we don't spend that much money and then we go okay let's sit down and then let's do a little brainstorm Oh, let's get this agency. No, the agency is charging too much. No, let's do it in-house. Yeah, let's do it in-house. We did so many different things in-house because of the lack of, of, of budget, right? So, and at that point, it's not like we didn't have any budget at all. We're just trying to uh, wisely use the budget that was available to us, right? And I think that's the thing. Like many people wanted to just go and uh, get an agency and the agency would really really overcharge us for the same results or very similar results right so um i think that's the, the the whole thing there like you always can do something that is good but you're going to spend a little bit less and then we're going to develop on that and that by the end when before i left uh we were spending more money in production we were doing better production we had better cameras we had a bigger team we had I don't know, my team at that point was like five people. We have a copywriter, 
just for content marketing. We had uh, three designers. We had uh, two or three cameras. We had, you know, like from when it started and it was just me. So yeah. Uh, I think wow, that's, that's the, quite a journey. <laughs> it is. And I think that's the fun part of it, you know, like you be able to grow on this. Of course, if we were in a company that already had a big budget, why not? We just go and use that big budget. But to me, the the fun is the the excitement of growing, you know, like of making that grow. That's why LifeSum got into a nice position. Now it's boring to me. There's no no challenge. We can just pay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to a smaller company, which is Prague Life, and which we do have a budget, but we also, I want to use this budget wisely, right? So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's really nice. So if we stay a bit in the marketing content part of it, there is so many different things you can do. I mean, you can do what we're talking about now. You have the Facebook ads and the LinkedIn ads and, and like all of that. But there is also content marketing, like producing a podcast or doing like um, bigger pieces that are maybe more uh, own pieces, but they have a and different life cycle both when it comes to like production and um, and conversion and everything like uh, when you were at LifeSum on and maybe some experience from now how do you decide what to do and are you part of setting that strategy or is that coming from somewhere else uh depends uh, uh this type of um of content we have discussed many times at LifeSum if we should do it if we should spend our time on it but we really did see a lot of good uh, results from the performance uh, marketing. So it was very hard to get to drop that or or like not drop, but like like pick some of the budget and invest in something that was a little bit uncertain uh, and it would take a lot of time to produce and so on. So we never really went in that route, right? We invest a lot in influencer marketing and we did have like ads on uh, podcasts and other people's podcasts, right? So that was like something that was easier to produce that we knew that would have a higher impact than doing something that is a little bit like bigger to produce and also need some uh, budget to put it out, right? No, actually we did uh, on our YouTube channel, for example, this is a good a good uh, uh, example, our not, LifeSum's YouTube channel. Uh, we had spent a lot of time like building, creating the content for the YouTube channel because we know that there was a, a bunch of our users were on YouTube. We had a lot of, in, uh, in influencer marketing, there was loads of people, loads of our influencers were on YouTube and we did have uh, deals with them. So it's like, okay, let's grow our YouTube channel. Let's reach people through YouTube. Uh, but that was a big investment, right? Like it's it takes time to produce uh, videos. It costs a lot to produce video, editing it, figuring out what is the content that will be. Um, it's it was a long process, and after you still had to put money to push the the video to be seen. So it is a lot that you put, and it's not always that works well, right? So we uh, at least uh, the strategy there was to go more focus more into what we knew that already worked. But yeah, I think that people should try. Maybe don't, as I said, right? Maybe don't put all your money and all your uh, resources into it. But if you have the possibility, definitely. It's, yeah. I'm protesting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, so, so in this world, I mean, content is everywhere. There is producing, if you look at the numbers on how many like minutes are uploaded to YouTube and like... Uh, uh, we have the whole uh, content production for dark social where you can't really even see what's happening and where the traffic is coming from. Like content is everywhere. Uh, and they also, uh, most content also have a very short lifespan. Yeah. Like how do you get up production uh, velocity while keeping the quality? Yeah, that's that's very, 
Yeah, that's a very good question. That's the thing, right? Like the, the beauty about social media is that people are not really expecting that huge quality on things as long as it's like there's good light and you can actually hear what's being said, you can produce, right? So I think it depends on what your company is about and you always can do that, right? Like, of course, there are companies like Coca-Cola. They are not going to be doing reels recorded on, the, on, the, on a phone because they don't have to because they have a whole team that can record and do this very quickly, very fast, right? But for us, since we are smaller and it's totally doable, you just minimize the production, uh, the whole production Cycles. Yeah, cycle, yeah. Minimize it, go to the point. You need to be fast. That's the goal, not be the best looking video out there because TikTok and Reels, right? Like it's so fast. People don't even have the time to notice how well made was that, right? So we can focus uh, these like higher productions for things that will live longer, for example. Yeah. So um, I have two follow-up questions on this one. So the first one is, as you're saying, you're talking about Reels now, we have like Instagram TV, like there is a canvases, there is so many new formats uh, all the time coming. And and usually the algorithms say that, you know, um, try what's new because you will basically get more views because you're uh, using the new stuff. Like how do you stay up to date with new formats and like jumping on that? Because I guess like when you have a production machine, you kind of want that running as well and not putting in too much new things in the mix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely good for you to try and do things uh, when they just start. So when TikTok came out, we did jump in like, okay, let's do it. But also not put the, the too much effort into getting the best product, but more what is the content of it, right? But also it's something that is nice for you to jump in in the beginning. But uh, sometimes as TikTok says, is a lot of kids there, right? Are they our target group? Is it worth it to be having all of those views on TikTok? We don't know. So that's why it's important for you to like think and not just jump into things and put all all you have into anything. That's the basic advice, I would say. Go there, try, see what you get from it. Wait for it to consolidate a little bit more before putting too much more uh, into that one channel, right? Yeah. I mean, you have worked in very high-paced environments, so I don't know if the, it's the same here, but one of the struggles I see a lot is that sometimes there is too many like rounds of feedback and stuff on material that is going to live for like a day. Mm. Uh, like, uh, How have you worked with like uh, making people in the organization understand and to get... Because you're really talking about putting stuff up out there that is not perfect and, and actually saying that that is the way you should do it because people will not notice. And, and, and that makes sense. But getting into that way of thinking, especially if like maybe some um, people making decisions and so forth aren't as much in these channels and so mm -hmm. forth. Like, how do you make them understand what needs to happen so you can continue building? Yeah, I, I, get, I normally try and explain what is important here. For example, for Preg Life, it's very important that our message and the content of the inf like the information is completely correct and there's no flake no no problem in that right but then since this is the focus we can drop on the quality of the image for example or if the is not perfectly cut right so in this situation i i normally just let them know let all of the the stakeholders to say hey guys uh, this is what we're looking for so let's not focus in this let's focus in that and let's make sure that we get this quickly. And then I make sure that it goes out quickly. Go after them and make sure that the, like our midwife, for example, nothing is released without her her eyes on it because we want to make sure that we don't 
say anything wrong to our users or to our maybe future users, right? Who we will try to get into our app. Yeah, basically, because you want get, to get the trust. But um, speaking of that, uh, I mean, there is, um, you're, you're working in health uh, in a way, and there's so many new developments there. Like, is there ever a case where um, something that was correct based the, based on what the world knew three years ago, uh, that you have that published, and then all of a sudden uh, some new science and report comes and all of a sudden it is it correct like how yes. do you work yes, with that? that that does work and that's why we have like our midwife is amazing she keeps like reading everything all of the new research that comes out um and she has she guides she she leads the midwife uh, team and they have like monthly meetings where they discuss new developments new researches and once we do know understand that this is uh, this is something that uh, developed to something else then we go and update in app any content that is related to that definitely but yeah this happens and we need to be is it important for us to be aware and uh, make sure that we update everything to keep the right information I imagine this process really works, and especially if you have had a, a midwife who have worked with you for a long time. But what would happen if she quit? Like, <sighs> she just quit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a problem. That's definitely a problem. But we do have our content manager, right? That is there too. There's me. There's many people that does know what we have in app. That uh, so we just need to make sure that. Every person that arrives gets uh, very uh, in line with the content that we have and uh, make sure that it's a teamwork, right? We always like, maybe we don't save everything in our heads, right? But together we will make a good, we make a good team. And we also have tools. So we use Contentful, which is one a tool that uh, we upload of the content in app. So we can do some search there. We can, yeah, we have like all of our articles, all our content and tableau. So we can always like make sure that we can see what we have and uh, where we need to update anything. Yeah, there isn't, um, I mean, now I'm out on on deep waters, but like semantic tools or like metadata uh, structure and stuff to kind of, to, to maybe give advice on what it is so you could search on, on something within your database or something like that. I don't know how much information you have, so I, I don't know what we're talking about here. But have you have you considered using any tools like that? We're actually developing something. That's, I'm not I'm not going to get into it but yeah. it's like of course uh, an internal tool that can help us manage our content better yeah, yeah. oh exciting yes. when is that coming oh I don't know that's a that's a, a big one okay <laughs> <laughs> cool but uh, thank you so much thank you for uh, sharing all your expertise uh, I'm so happy that you came uh, Jaji uh, I'm just for the users I've Uh, learned how to pronounce it in Brazilian. I think it's correct. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> correct. Good. So, but thank you so much for being here and for sharing all your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy and very excited to see this out. Thanks. Thanks for listening in to our podcast, Winning in the Nordics, presented by AppsFlyer. You know where to find us. Subscribe and leave us a review on Apple. Google, Spotify and all good podcast apps.